welcome. That might have been a bit loud. <laughs> welcome, welcome to episode 155 of Rapid Reviews Radio. I'm your co-host, Kylie Wild. I'm joined by my ever-present co-host, Pete Beckett. Yo. And our very special guest, friend of the show, Mike Tindo. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Good day to you all. Yay. We're very excited to have him here because... Uh, Pete and Mike, and hopefully several members of our chat who will show up later, <laughs> attended uh, a, what would you call it? It's a gaming festival? We'll call it a gaming convention. Gaming know. convention, yeah. Uh, called WASD. Uh, and we're going to learn all about that. We did this last year as well. Um, I want to see how much it's grown and and how it's flourished and... Is it going to replace E3? Because of course it is. And <laughs> before we do that, I always like to check in with our guests and see how their week's been. Mike, how has your week been? Um, Relatively interesting, to be honest. Well, actually not so interesting, but here we go. I mean, I've started a new job. <laughs> not exactly. Uh, yeah, I've actually been out of work for a month or so and in between things and just before preparing to come out to the UK to visit family and attend WASD, WASD, W-A-S-D. And then I got a phone call just before the weekend saying, um, hey, we're looking for somebody to come and work. And I said, well, I can work next week, but the week after I'm gone, it's like, okay. And he said, yeah, that's fine. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so I'll be going back to that when I get back to the UK. And then and getting prepared for the flight to come out, because obviously I live in Spain. Mm -hmm. And then I decide, or rather Mother Nature decides to have give me food poisoning. And oh. I was vomiting violently from both ends oh, yes. all the way through oh, the wonderful. night. <laughs> yes, I've been there. It's terrible. Oh, oh. I don't it, it, that, it was really bad. Yeah, really I've been there for a fair and while, then... but hey, you know. <laughs> There is that is it happened. awful, oh, miserable, miserable time. But I'm glad you got through it. But um, oh yes, fortunately it didn't last long. Yeah, uh, which is just as well because it did literally just go straight through me. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing left. What's How do you keep about going? This, yeah. <laughs> oh no, Pete's going to find something. But, um, but yes. <laughs> Uh, no, but long story short, you know, I managed to make it to the UK fine. Didn't have any episodes at the airport or, you okay. know, on the way here. Oh, and then, obviously, here I am, bright as a button. <laughs> Yay, and we're happy about that, for sure. Um, that's that's oh. really good. Yeah, because like I said, I've been there. It's not fun. So it's good that it didn't affect your traveling and... And you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, um, as we say. In oh, yes. Can't imagine trying to travel <laughs> on a plane whilst like that. No, thank you. But, Pete, how about you? How's your week been? Uh, it's been a week. So it's just it week. the normal Seven week, days. you know, work and all. And all <laughs> so, you know, first first few days of the week. And then, obviously, it's been Starts with Friday. a Monday. Ends <laughs> with a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Unless well, you're American. Yeah, it starts with a Saturday. Oh. Ends a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so yeah, just worked from Monday to Thursday, the usual affair. Not not too much really, apart from you know, adult life, doing adult life, as I said last week. Yeah, so, yep. fun times. 
Uh, but yeah, and then, but then obviously over the weekend, uh, WASD was a thing, so did Friday and Saturday there, and then today's just been a chill one until we've done this. Well, very good. Mm. Heidi, what about your week? Oh, my week, God, I'm going to sound like the most up my own bootay. Uh, <laughs> my week was spent picking out luggage for my trip. Look, it's an important Ooh. part of the week, you know. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah, you've got to make sure that you've got the right, right suitcase, you know, for the right needs. It all match. It has to all match. Everything has to match. Accessorize, darling. Accessorize. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Even my like, um, like makeup bag and everything. They all had to be the. They all oh had to match. <laughs> Makes me glad my partner's not really like this. Oh, I am when it comes to accessories. I, I am an accessory person. Um, but even like my hiking boots that I got, because I'm going to be hiking um, Vesuvius, um, nice. I had to make sure those were just perfect. Uh, are they and sparkly stuff. and gold? They are lime green, <laughs> neon green. I did have a choice between Ooh. black and gold, which is my usual. And neon green, which I thought, if I fall off Vesuvius, they will see me falling, and they'll find me because my feet will be up in the air, and they'll be bright green. <laughs> nice. I can see the logic. <laughs> yes, it is very logical in my brain. That's pure logic, not paranoia. <laughs> Maybe a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Oh, and I got the... Search and rescue, trying to find <laughs> Kylie in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, there's these two lime green boots sticking out of wherever. You better hope you don't fall in a very <laughs> luscious green forest. Don't worry, my, my plan. <laughs> That's my fail safe. <laughs> But uh, no, that's great. And then I have I have some crazy sunglasses that I'll eventually post that I bought that I'm really. Oh yes, you told me about this one. I did. The week. I did. <laughs> but yeah, which really it sounds terrible that my whole week was spent shopping, but it was. But it was mostly because you gotta prepare. You have to prepare. Yep. Right. <laughs> uh, couple of weeks Always. before a holiday usually is when I go on a big trip and go and buy some stuff that I yeah. need. I've like I've got each day like the things I need to do as the time gets closer. <laughs> ah, okay. Mani meticulous planner then. Yeah. Uh, have you well, got so an itinerary can... for when you're actually there as oh, well? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I live and die by itineraries. Itineraries. Now they can change. They can be fluid, of course. Wonderful structured holidays. Gotta love them. Yeah. See, people would be shocked. <laughs> Structured until I start drinking that Italian wine. Oh my god! Oh boy! <laughs> There's literally a winery outside the B and B that is in walking distance. So who knows? Maybe I'll spend five days in my B and B room. <laughs> Never leave. <laughs> yeah, you might not explore anyway. Maybe I can smuggle a few bottles in. Uh, <laughs> but enough about that. Un prosecco, por favore. <laughs> ten, ten. Is, is that literally all you need to... <laughs> that's all i need give me some prosecco and oh, oh, oh getting excited again <laughs> you're gonna be so disappointed when you go there and say un prosecco por favor and they go prosecco what is this 
<laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Down to the meat of the story, as we say. Uh, WASD. I don't know how to say it. WASD? WASD. W-A-S-D. Uh, funnily enough, I think everyone's done this, so... Yeah, we need to hear what the owner, proprietor, starter. Part of people. me would say probably WASD. Um, I mean, it makes sense because yeah. that's the WASD keys. Oh, WASD. <laughs> and, and also because there is actual, you know, dots in between. So it's supposed to be an abbreviation, I guess. All right. If there's dots in between, maybe. Although you, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, Pete, I'm going to turn this over to you just to know a little me. bit. Yeah, you're in the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it over to Mike. Hey, Mike, here, take half the show. Um, but... Oh, <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> um, but Pete, do you want to fill us in a little bit about uh, WASD and the background and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. So this is the second year that WASD has actually been doing conventions. It's run by a splinter group of people who used to be um, employed with... I have no idea whether it was Reed Pop, but they are uh, the organizers yeah. who are dealing with EGX. So they uh, used to be associated with Eurogamer, decided to form off, I think, from there, and then had started doing their own conventions. Uh, so last year actually was at the Tobacco Docks, and this year they had a change of venue to the Truman Brewery in London. So a bit of a different place this time around. Uh, we'll obviously go into a bit more details with that later on. Um, but yeah, so very, very different. I think a little bit different this time around to probably what it was last year, being the fact that it was not their first show. So yeah, I think the second one is usually probably the most difficult. They say it with albums, well, the difficult second album. It definitely feels like that. A sophomore release. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's, that's what we'll do. We'll launch right into that. And I'm going to ask both of you, cause you were both, you were, you were there last year too, as well. Weren't you Mike? We was yes, yeah. yes, yes. Came we on was. The podcast uh, last year for yeah, this I thought I remembered that. I didn't. I, I didn't, I didn't imagine that. <laughs> no. You never know. It's my brain. No, no, I no. kind of fantasized it, and it didn't really happen. I mean, that is true. <laughs> I'll give you that. But Mike, uh, what do you think, uh, as opposed to as compared to last year, uh, better, quite as good, going in the right direction? What did you feel after? <sighs> I think um, after what I thought was quite a pretty good um, convention last year, I think they really set off on like the right foot with it. And then this year, I am of mixed opinion. I didn't hate it. I don't, I'm not going to say that. You know, I did enjoy it. Um, it also gave me perfect opportunity to hang out with friends, play some really, really great games as well. There's some really cool indie games there, uh, which I'm sure, you know, me and Pete are going to talk about in a little bit as well, what mm -hmm. games we've played. Um, the venue was definitely interesting and the distribution yeah. of everything, I think. Um, last year, because it was in the tobacco dock and uh, a lot of the booths were held in like um but well, i guess they're storefronts really aren't they essentially what yeah. they were held in they're like yeah so each was like a separated room so you didn't have all the like background ambient noise coming from all the other booths it was pretty much who was ever in that room at the time 
time and you could actually have you know a proper conversation with the developers and the publishers there and talk about oh, their games right. and this year because pretty much everything was in like two different rooms um it was very difficult at times to talk to people and to to interview to them as well especially yeah. you know like recording purposes um but um i think there's room for improvement i mean obviously they're still trying to find their feet and i think they probably did far too well with the first rendition i believe last year was the first rendition yeah it was yeah the first edition and then of course they're coming with the, the second so you know they're probably putting their feelers out seeing if it works in different venues what would be the best venue to go forward with mm-hmm. um so yeah i think there's room for improvement yeah i think that's fair absolutely Pete, what about you? How did you feel about it? Uh, not I'm basically going to mirror most of Mike's sentiments here, actually. And funnily enough, I didn't want to interrupt him whilst he was discussing that. But we were actually discussing this with with a few other people that were there as well. So we got to meet a few other people. Like um, uh, we had a writer was with Rapid Reviews for a while called Dottie, who's uh, I think it's her husband, isn't it, or a friend, or I yes, don't Sebastian. Yeah, uh, yes. Sebastian. Yeah, so he was there covering for her because she wasn't able to make the the saturday which was unfortunate but she'd been there a couple of days ahead so she said she said uh, specifically it was like sensory overload in there like you know it was quite difficult to sort of focus on one thing compared to last year um she uh, and i'm only mentioning this on her behalf because obviously she she she'd relate this through sip uh is that the wheelchair access wasn't the greatest in there as well, which was really unfortunate. Like they did have a lift, uh, but the vast majority of stuff. So as you went in from the road, like it was cobbled old sort of London style cobbled street. So it was a bit difficult yeah. to sort of roam around on there, especially for those in a wheelchair. Um, there were stairs going up into the entrance. Like I said, there was a lift, there was a lift to get up into the main venue as well, but another set of stairs and, all that so it it was a lot of mucking around with that especially for accessibility reasons it probably wasn't the best venue for that whereas most have become so used to what tobacco dock was like especially with with uh tobacco dock being used for like egx reds before it's very familiar to most who've been on the convention circuit in the uk and I, I still maintain it's probably one of the best venues I've been to for a convention. Like it's it's laid out so well. The stages are usually pretty well presented there. The fact that each thing, each um, game company or uh, indie studio or you know are separated out into their own little rooms, it it makes it a lot better that way. Uh, the the positives I will say is that the venue space itself was massive. Like there was a lot of room to maneuver around, so you weren't sort of treading over people's toes at times although when it started getting busier on the friday and saturday that did start to have a bit more of an impact as more people there and i think a lot of the problem with this year's one was that selection of games that we had while some of them were particularly good there were some that were either having repeat uh, repeated years or already out (laughs) and yeah so it was a little bit of a weird one, which is why I sort of opened this by saying the difficult sophomore year or the difficult second <laughs> album, because I really got that impression from it. It had some positives, but it was a lot of mixed reactions to it. Mm. Wow. Well, 
since you brought it up and I'm curious, <laughs> let's talk about games. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Mike, what <clears throat> did any? Okay, were majority of them new to you? Did anything stand out to you, or and are you looking forward to any coming out? Uh, there were certainly a few games there that I was um, certainly interested in and would definitely be looking forward to when they come out on Nintendo Switch and also mm -hmm. on other consoles as well. Uh, Full Void was a very good, um, very good game. That was one of the first I played there. And it gave off a kind of... Oh, what is going on? <laughs> oh, we lost a little bit of volume there. Yeah. Somebody decides to phone me halfway through. I do apologize. No, you're not. Right. <laughs> uh, we'll just clip that out. Sorry. It's um, so, yeah, so Full Boy, it's kind of like a dragon's lair, but it's set in like a, um, like a futuristic setting where robots have taken over the world. I like that. Sorry? I like oh, yes, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah and basically you play a young boy who's trying to get to this destination and there's like a robot chasing you so it almost feels like like metroid dread in a way with like the emmy is constantly like chasing you that kind of thing yeah um but yeah it's very very good and like i said it's kind of like dragons uh i believe it is dragon's lair and you know if you make one mistake or you know you mess up a little bit you have to go back a section and then you have to yeah. repeat it and it's like <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And because it's like um, the storytelling is almost like visual as well. You have to learn by actually playing it. There's no handheld in in any way. Uh, so you really do have to just learn by doing, basically, mm. uh, which is a very, very interesting concept for games, because obviously some games are just far too easy now as well, or they have like two to three hours of tutorials before mm. you actually get into the proper stuff. Um, other games that I've played as well um, was Girl Genius. Uh, that was very good. That was based on a visual novel from the uh, US. I believe it's quite popular over there, or so they yeah, said. And this That's is been the game where I first met you, games. wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah. That's what I was playing at the time. Yeah. And then there was Stick It to the Stick Man. Oh, this game. Obviously, I think probably the this best game. one. <laughs> is, that, is that part of the Stick Man series or is that separate? I, I don't know if it is, but um, it was just a lot of fun anyway. I'll let Mike explain say, those the premise. Are, those are funny games if it's part of that series. So. Well, I don't know whether it's part of the series. I believe it's been published by Devolver as well, isn't it? it I is. think that was in the Devolver yeah, 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 yeah. It, It's mm -hmm. a okay. real Devolver kind of game. Yeah, oh, yes. I know what they are. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it reminds me a lot of, uh, I believe it was a game or a video back in like the early 2000s. It was like Extreme Stick of Death. So you play a Stickman character mm -hmm. and you have to just beat your way through the many, many... like stick men enemies that come towards you and you have to you know, beat them up yeah. basically you work in an office building you get fed up with your job and you just decide to deck everyone and try to work your way up to the top to beat this ceo yeah <laughs> the and scenario that happens at the end of it as well is really quite funny it gets oddly dark as well it does <laughs> leave it to devolver <laughs> uh, yeah that was quite fun because this was around about the point where we were seven and um uh, Richard was it Rich. and yeah. they were playing on the station next to us and we were competing against each other to see who could get furthest 
that's great. Uh, it was it was a real good laugh. This is probably my game of the show. Actually, it was so much oh. fun. I, I think so. Yeah, it, for me as well. For yeah. Me as well. So I was talking to Mike at the time. It sort of reminds me of like those Stickman games that you always used to get on like Flash and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, Newgrounds. Oh yeah. But specifically, oh. it sort of reminded me of a rhythm action game that I was playing like uh, about a year ago called One Finger Death Punch. That was like. Yeah, a rhythm yeah. act it's a rhythm action game that's sort of like centered on pc where it's like uh you've got two different kind of directions and it sort of felt like that except you know you've got a controller and you're moving around this office building and you're upgrading skip like you have like a, a unique set of weapons that is like specific to like i think it's i think it's like 12 or 15 characters you have in this don't you and it's like it, you can sort of upgrade each individual skill like as you get to a different kind of chest so like uh I was, I think, as a handyman, my sort of one of my weapons was a nail gun, which then got uh, upgraded into a glue gun. So people started getting stuck to walls and ceilings, and it was, it was, it was bonkers. It was completely mad, but it was so much fun. And then there was like the conservative class as well, which really, really <laughs> liked their guns. Yeah. <laughs> and the guns would uh, get upgraded as well. So you start off with like a handgun, then it becomes a submachine gun yeah it's a full-blown minigun so yeah yeah oh, I, think, I think i'm not sure why i end up upgrading one of mine into a chainsaw but that animation where it just kept hacking at people was quite quite interesting <laughs> where it would launch you forward <laughs> if there's a pacifist mode uh, i don't think there is but you can get kicked out of windows oh my goodness <laughs> i mean we oh. we did it a couple of times to a few of the enemies didn't we so it was just <laughs> Oh, oh yes. My, oh my days. But yeah, it's, like I said, it got really dark at the end, especially when you take down the CEO and it's giving you a, a set of options of what you want to do. It's like, this CEO has screwed over your company. What do you want to do? Like, spare him or stamp on his face. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, the CEO is nearly dead. What do you want to do? Stamp some more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one of the options was throw him off the building and it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Did anything, to either of you, did anything kind of stand out as, oh my gosh, this game is not ready, why is it here? <laughs> that time. No, it was ready. Everything it's was... Probably, it probably should be out. I'm not sure if it already is, but... Mm. No. Well, I mean, in general, were there any games that were like, you were surprised that they'd brought them? Oh, yeah. Back? Loads of them, actually. It was a fair. number. I mean, um, Bandai Namco had a game there as well. I think it's called Park Beyond. Which is kind of like a spiritual successor to Zoo like theme park games. Yeah. Like theme park, Zoo Tycoon, like all that lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a bit difficult trying to get to the grips with that. I mean, I'm oh, not too familiar with like PC gaming anyway. I must admit, I'm very, very console or very, very Nintendo centric. centric yeah. If I'm being specific. Yeah. Um, but it seemed awkward in how to, you know, raise the pitch, turn the. Mm -hmm. um, the yeah. rails over and it's just i don't know i feel like it could have been a bit more streamlined a bit better i don't yeah. know i don't know Maybe now, it could just be me as well i, mean, I will just say i think it was the both of us because we were both sort of like trying this out together and it was like we both couldn't work it out so ui wise it probably isn't overly well optimized we're both not pc gamers really as is but it just felt like a lot of the controls could have been very easily simplified. So, like, you're holding shift and then trying to rotate your, your mouse, like, over 90 degrees, and it just yeah. it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
in terms of the human anatomy, you can't twist your mouth like your wrist that much. And it's like, <laughs> all right, yeah. calm down. Yeah. Like, I'm going to break my wrist by playing this. Like, the art style was interesting, though, because funnily enough, we did actually find out that it was made by the people who made Tropico. So it's a different sort of okay. take for them. But right. I wasn't overly as interested in this one. It looks nice, but I probably will yes. wait for a console version of this one because control wise and yeah. pc it felt a bit much it now this is where i was slightly disappointed with it because you had two point campus at uh, mm. wsd last year and they had set up where you could play right. but play play it with both pc or control like xbox controller and they had both set mm. up but this was exclusively pc so it, I, I felt I it probably would have been exclusively pc it was at the event anyway. It is yeah. coming to other uh, yeah. consoles like PlayStation and that. But at the event, it was only like PC. Yeah, that's there was that's what I meant by exclusively I... like a PC control method rather than actually having controller support set up for it to trial that out at least. And it is only coming to Series X and S and PS5. So it's like there yeah. isn't an old like an older version coming. So it's with those in mind, I guess. Uh, mm. Yeah, that one had quite a big presence, and it was they had a few stations set up for it. And it really wasn't very busy at all. <laughs> so well, um, um... there was a couple of other games there that I looked at, and I went, "I'm not sure why these are here." Like Heave Ho, yeah. Heave Ho's a great game, but it's been out for a long time. I guess, yeah. like, I guess one of the things about that is probably they set that up for like multiplayer booths, so that people could just sit on the sofa and just have fun with it. Um, yeah. Cult of the Lamb was there, and that's been out for a while. But they were showing yeah. off the new DLC, I think. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Um, and the other one that sort of made didn't make a lot of sense to me, but sort of did after someone explained it was Vampire Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the game's been out for a long time, but being the fact it recently just won a BAFTA Games, it's probably the oh. re- reason why it was there. But yeah. that that whole station was mobbed most of the time. It was. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Mind um, you, there was a queue for Dead Rising Two. I believe that was there. Oh, Dead, wow. I- Dead uh, Island Two. Dead Island Two. Yeah. yeah sorry, and, Dead uh, Island. Two. So yeah, towards the back corner. This was really silly, actually. I, I this I thought this was a bit much. Like, so they had System Shock remake and oh, right. um, Dead Island Two. Now they're both mm-hmm. play on games that. Um, mm-hmm. And they're both over 18. So they've sort of pushed them right into the very back corner of the main hall and segmented them off. It was sort of like, "Mm, yeah, if you want to go and check them out, you have to go all the way over there, you know. Mm. You'd think of one of three sort of major AAA games. I know this is more centric towards the indie scene, and I'm glad about that, really, but it did sort of feel like that some of the big hitters that are going to draw your bigger crowds in were sort of shoved off into little corners. Right. Mm. Although they well, did... Well, even PlayStation was there as well in one corner, but yeah, as you come into the main entrance of the place, I mean, if, unless you knew where you was going, you'd have to go all the way around yeah. <laughs> before you oh, found it. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, wow. took, it took me a while to actually find where Mike was sat because I wasn't sure where anyone was or anything was at the time. <laughs> it was like, and I'd already been there a day at that point. It was sort of, The layout of it was a little bit odd, I will say. Um, mm. But yeah, then they made some pretty strange choices with some games, really, like where they were located. Like I said, with System Shock and Dead Island 2. Yeah. 
but Street Fighter 6 was literally right next to the main entrance and there was no way you could avoid it at all. Now, I'm not <laughs> complaining, of course. I'm gonna say. <laughs> but to anybody else, because it, I'm going to go out on a whim and say this is probably the busiest area of the whole weekend that I saw. And it was quite difficult to meander your way through there because there were quite a few people there. Right. So, but so th- they had like a little walkway that sort of went out of this door to the right and it was just there. But if you went past that little booth, it was just there. So anywhere you went, no matter where I was in that main hall, I could see and I could hear Street Fighter the whole time. It was particularly odd, I will say. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Especially on a indie scene kind of... Well, yeah, event. it was... Yeah, yeah they, uh, it felt like... And like I said, I'm not complaining personally for myself. <laughs> yeah. But it did feel like it took a lot of the spotlight away. And I guess, like, maybe a bit more of a balance properly between indie and AAA would be better. Like, maybe scatter some of, the, some of them into the main area with some of the indie games as well. I don't know. I guess it's mm. there might be clauses in contracts to games being there. Just they have to have set their own sections. The play on one made sense because of how it being an over eighteen section. That was that was all because they've done that before with like EGX and uh, I think Wasdy did it last year as well, where they had a specific eighteen section that was just you couldn't get in or was sort of you couldn't yeah. see anything behind there. Well, well, for example, like you said about EGX, like there was Wo Long, wasn't there? Yeah. Last year. Uh, and that was a fully, you know, like boxed in area. You couldn't yeah. actually see anybody playing games. Yeah. Now, I don't a... know whether that was 18 or not, but it yeah. did have, you know, a queue, pretty big area and a lot of people trying to get into that game as well. Yeah. But you'd have to actually be in the queue to get in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't at... Um... EGX last year, but it was the year before where they had uh, Back for Blood and that, and that was the same thing. It was like behind the behind the curtain sort of thing. Yeah, <clears throat> that's how Insomnia does. Uh, okay, we don't get a lot of games here in our conventions, so we had <laughs> Ghost Recon. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that was the big one here but uh but it was all um curtained off like it was a box yeah know, curtained off and and you could go in there and play um and stuff but how did you feel though about the balance of indie and triple a was it a healthy balance or did it favor one over the other i think well I think what like main AAA games or big publishers there, there was Bandai, there was I think Sony, um, yeah. and obviously Capcom, mm-hmm. and then the rest really were independent publishers or independent, you know, um, yeah. developers as well. Yeah. So only... obviously Devolver was there. They got a big, uh, quite a big area of it. They got quite a big piece of the pie. Then there was the Curios um, area, which seemed to have like a single screen or single game on a single screen and it was different developers so yeah. on one side you'd probably have about eight and then on the other side there was another eight whereas other booths had more for their you know for their game yeah. so they probably had about four playable demos whereas the other side only had like one screen for their game and that was about it yeah so it, it felt like the really really smaller time indie so like people who had like 
a development team of like one or two. They got like these mm. small sections or like a small like two screen booth or something. But then you had things like like I said with System Shock with Dead Islands. They had a few more a few more set up ready for it. Street Fighter itself had I think seven or eight different setups. Uh, eventually, like there was free free that were playable on modern controls and free that were playable on classic. They had a tournament set up booth and then one extra one that was set up for after tournaments were done. Um, so, so that was quite a lot, to be fair, but it sort of made sense once I explained the differences behind it, because I'm saving that till later. Um, uh, but yeah, there was uh, other games, what was it? It's like Stick It to the Stick Man had like four set up, didn't it? And Devolver always usually get quite a lot of setups in their ones. Yeah. They had um, like, but they had quite a lot of games to show as well. Mm-hmm. They did, mm-hmm. yeah. But even when they had multiple games, they still had like two setups for that game or three at like minimum. Oh, um, they're very. And good then, but then VR. there was another game there that I was quite interested in playing, but after watching it, I went absolutely not touching that at all. And they had like eight eight consoles set up for it, as well as a prop, and we'll get to the prop <laughs> in a minute. Uh, which okay. was undisputed. Mm-hmm. So it's a boxing game. And so I was watching this game. I was watching someone play it. And I think we did this later on in the afternoon as well. So I'd done this on my own beforehand. And the physics look awful to that game. It was really quite weird. Because right? they've it's obviously licensed. They've got quite a lot of like old school boxers, current gen boxers and that. And there's obviously a lot of work that's gone into it. But it's sort of just, it it's it's sort of like the way it looked like it controlled was sort of like a sloppy cat fight on a Saturday night outside of a pub. <laughs> like it didn't what look like visual. anyone was even punching each other, and then someone just went down. It was weird. <laughs> that's very strange. That yeah. is true, but then it might be because a lot of people don't know what the controls are. Maybe that's, it's quite a yeah. technical game. Um, yeah. rather Very than true, being like okay. a arcade brawler where you just press one button is punch or what's it maybe you had to do a sequence that, if somebody's possible. got a high block then you'd have to go for a low, yeah. low blow or that, you know a jab here who knows yeah I didn't really think about that one actually it might have been a bit too technical of a game to try and you know highlight there but especially in such a mm. short demo period but obviously the, the, the thing that they had set up was one of those punch bags <laughs> that was the I think that thing around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I would laughs> some of those that. were so funny. To be fair, oh, dear. oh dear. yeah, because that's I how we finished our day off yesterday, wasn't it? it was by watching that it for was, a fair it bit. Was. <laughs> well, just watching the people line up to give it a jolly good swing. Yeah, you see those, and then problems. there was there was one guy who was really really going at it, and he just could not get over more than nine hundred and nine, I think. Yeah, and he did give it several times because there was other people uh, that were with him as well, I suppose. Proper egg and they were you know to do it nine, as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're getting like 950, 970, because yeah. I think it goes up to 999 or whatnot. And this it guy just, usually, yeah. it, how much he went for, he just could not get any higher. For so I didn't give it a go because I know I'd get far lower, but. <laughs> uh, I didn't give it a go because I'd probably throw my back out. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I always love doing those. Always. I'm sure you would have done, but yeah. It, it was, was it too was many one. people. If it was a bit quieter, I may have given it a go yeah. myself. Yeah. Because like, it was far too many people really, you know, giving it a go. Yeah. Giving it some, 
And I thought, you know what? If I do it, they're going to laugh at me. So, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Peer pressure told me no. <laughs> yeah, but, but Jack did, didn't he? Which was quite good. Oh, Jack did, yeah. Yeah, his Jack little boy did. as well did it as well, Aww. which is good laugh. So oh yes, Jack got him to sort of like Aww. held him and sort of swung it for yeah. him, which is quite cool. But yeah, so he, it, he put his hand over. He did, he did. I mean, he put his hand over his boy's fist. So basically, Jack's giving it the yet. You know, he's not the the little yeah. boy that's taking it yet. But he was happy about it. Yeah. He, he got more than most of them that were playing. <laughs> oh, to be fair, earlier on in the day, though, I was doing a wander round of us where I first checked out Undisputed, and I saw someone like giving it the proper lineup, and I'm not going to say who or what they were, um, but they went to go and swing through it and completely missed. <laughs> I was doing the whole like knuckle crack and everything, sort of like lining up for it, and then just completely missed and. They, they, to be fair, had a good laugh about it afterwards, yeah, and, and everyone fun. else was like, it was just like that yeah. person must have been so embarrassed, honestly. Uh, some of us funny. will play it up, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like, oh, I meant to do that, totally. <laughs> but um, were there any other, like, outstanding games that were like, oh my gosh... Yeah. There was the game that you, I think, Mike, was talking to that person about, and it was made by one person, and I can't remember the name of the game. It was like a metro, uh, sort of like a Metroidvania, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was the first. No, wait, hold on. Three, so there was Full Void, there was Genius Girl, and then there was the other as well oh my god it was only yesterday and now i can't even remember <laughs> Flip it, it would have know, been the second game that you saw me play yeah, I, was I was doing an inter- into the discord yeah. yeah yeah uh it'll come back to me so- at some point during this uh or, it, it, or when you go back and check be. your uh check your videos as well <laughs> yes well um so i i heard a little bit but i want to hear from both of you uh that you both played a little bit of Street Fighter Six, with possibly yes controller. Am I correct? Uh, right. Uh, uh, let me get into this one and talk about like let's get get the elephant out of the room. I played a, a, an absolute metric crap ton of Street Fighter Six. So, uh, Kylie, I will say that our conversation on Thursday, I was dead right, and it, had it not been for Mike being on there on Saturday, I probably would have spent the whole weekend playing Street Fighter 6. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we talked about was going to happen. I went, yeah, I said to her, I was like, I've got a real fear that all I'm going to be doing is playing Street Fighter, and it nearly became true. So thanks for dragging me away from the game. <laughs> well um, we ended up playing it as well yeah, didn't we, we together we did end. we did i was like right it's two months until launch i need something to tide me over until then let's get a few it, games in right. so so the capcom booth itself uh, um was set up i would say reasonably well they had six like i said six setups but three were set up to classic right. controls three were set up for modern controls the modern controls had playstation controller and the classics had arcade sticks Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, so, so that, that's people, where this arcade stick came in. Okay. Yes. So there was a, so yeah, three setups on each, and obviously you got to choose how you wanted to. Do it. I guess if 
there was also options in the menu that meant you could change it as well. So if you were playing on controller, you probably could play with it, the classic controls as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had regular tournaments throughout the day, so I think there was three setups. So there was like one at half 11, one at half one, and one at half three. So I kept the engagement going throughout the whole day, and uh, the guys at Capcom, they really know how to put a show on because it wasn't just... So it was a community manager that was there who's... Um, I'll get into that with you a bit later on. Uh, so, uh, but they also had, uh, because he's part of the UK scene, they had Jammers there, who is, um, he's basically helping Capcom with a lot of their stuff. He works for them. I actually commentates there as well. So he was just ra- randomly there, sometimes playing on a setup. You might get a game with him here and there. They had a couple of, like, either pro players or people that were on the cusp of going pro or YouTubers that were there covering the game. So there was a lot of presence. And uh, I got my ass wrecked a couple of times by a few decent players. Not going to lie. So all of Friday, I basically spent pretty much most of my time there. Um, Met uh, met a guy there that I played, um, played about an hour and a half's worth of sets with. And it was... Oh, it was fantastic. He played a really good Chun-Li, to be fair. Um, And considering he was a Guilty Gear player and was like, yeah, I haven't haven't played Street Fighter in years. I've recently just picked up five. And it was like, yeah, you're pretty good. Like, fair enough. Uh, Ended up joining a (laughs) tournament and coming third. Uh, I will say that my first opponent in the mail was probably a seven-year-old kid and gave him the severe beatdown. But, you know, tournament, you got a tournament. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair you gave me quite a severe beat down as well no, so. No. So when, okay so apparently i came off of this tournament i literally put the headphones on like just straight focus was just like i'm not listening i'm not seeing who i'm facing i don't care like laser focus i came out and i spoke to the guy who played chun lee who had the same problem as me because he faced the, the kid's sister before that as well and, and uh, that that guy and the person who he was with decided, turned around and went, man, you're a savage. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I oh didn't realise who I was playing until I stood up. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, they have to learn. They have to they learn. They did, but the second game like I had was against the guy that I'd been running sets with for about an hour and a half. And that was a really good game, to be fair. Like, really good set games. I came third and won myself a t-shirt. And hang on. Very nice. Poor listening Uh, I don't know if you can see this properly. Hang on. (laughs) I have to clip this, too. He has gone to get something in his room. Uh, Wait. Oh, Oh, it's a Blanca. Oh, goodness. A Blanca rubber duck. It's a rubber duck. It looks like blanket. Yes. Yes. So cute. Oh uh, my yeah. god. Yeah. Okay. And a pin as well. So cool. Not going to complain. Really cool. But well, yeah, the uh, the so guy you... who um, who ended up winning the tournament basically didn't want his prize because he was too good. Oh uh, my goodness. No, we were we were talking to him afterwards, and Jesus. So he he played the same character that I did. So I was standing there talking to him for a good few minutes afterwards, just asking him some strategies and that he's more than happy to help it was really cool yeah so yeah i like that but then i ended up speaking to the community manager for capcom for about an hour straight afterwards which was amazing 
I was going to say, there you go, Pete. It uh, turns out that we had a mutual appreciation of the fact that he ran a tournament that was my first ever tournament in the UK. So spoke about that for a fair while. I will talk to you about that in our planning meeting uh, in the week. Don't you worry. Uh, I'm intrigued. But Mike, so you, uh, you got your hands on Street Fighter 6 as well. Uh, yes. Now, I must admit, I'm not very good at fighting games anyway. I do play them um, very, very, very occasionally. I think that... But then, is Super Smash Bros. a fighting game? Is it an arcade? Is it party? Do you know what I mean? But then, yeah. even then, I only play that casually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like to, you know, just to play to, to play and, you know, mash buttons. That's what I do. And obviously, I was given yeah. the arcade stick that was there, the Nacon, I believe, the Nacon arcade stick. Yeah. That, uh, which is my first time using an arcade pack because normally I play with a controller anyway. Right. Um, and I thought I did relatively well. I held out. It's not like within five seconds I was you know beat down that was it exactly what i yeah. couldn't stop myself was jumping even though i went tried to go over to the right or to the left oh. it just seemed to keep jumping all the time yeah right. and i don't know if it's because there's a button that i'm pressing or whether it's because every time you push the controller in a slightly up with yeah. direction perhaps yeah whenever, um, you, whenever you press a diagonal up like it's it's good yeah. jump basically Oh, so it's like, oh, good. God, I've, I've done a jump. I've just o- given myself an opening for Pete to, you know, really lay it on me. <laughs> uh, look, I played different characters as well, so it wasn't just using the main. Same here, yeah, same here, same here. And I was, I was just, you know, generally feeling the characters as well. Yeah. I mean, one of the good things about the game as well was that it had, like, a separate, you know, button or two buttons that you could press to do activate specials as well. Okay. So... Mm. You know, you didn't have to try and do the input where, you know, you got to move the joystick yes. joystick around in a certain direction, then press these buttons in a sequence. No, yeah. so, you know, you could just like two buttons at the same time and it would do the parry. You press two buttons and it will do the special move and stuff like that. So that's yeah. pretty cool. That's good to hear. So, yeah, sure. it, was, it was interesting to actually hear from the community manager over at Capcom that actually he's been playing modern controls quite a lot and seems to mm. really like them despite mm. being a veteran fighting game player. So a lot of strategy <laughs> for that modern, those modern controls. And I got to see them a bit more in action. And they work really, really well, surprisingly. Right? And that being baked into a UI level is quite mm-hmm. impressive as well. And from what I heard as well... and. I don't know if I should be mentioning this because it might be embargoed. But he told me, look, he told me. I'm... He, do not mention it. No, we're on Twitch. <laughs> no, he didn't say to me not to mention this. I just don't know whether okay. he was allowed to be mentioning this. <laughs> okay, I won't mention it yet. Yeah, let's just That's not not. do that. That'll yes. be our, our well, special reveal for next week. A cliffhanger so mm-hmm. you guys can tune in. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it was just but, stuff about the uh, just stuff about the back end of the game that I don't think many people would be that interested in. I just thought it was very cool. Anyway, what I'm not allowed to tell you is, you know, not allowed to say anything. Of course, it's just to do with um, <laughs> character tutorials. That is all. Right. Well, um, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of listeners though that are definitely Street Fighter fans, but also fighting fans. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's what, the thing that's been re- that's they've been doing really really well in fighting games recently is like proper tutorials, proper like mm-hmm. 
like that how to good. play them. Like I think ever since Ki on the um, on the Xbox One came out, it's made a lot of developers a lot more interested in creating fully blown tutorials on how to actually play the game, and it helps Brilliant. like with People such like a me. niche uh, niche genre. Yeah, because I am a button masher, a hundred percent. Yeah, we've all been there before. That used to be me. Yeah. They're not intuitive. <laughs> That's the problem. You have to, like, well, like Mike was saying, you have to memorize, like, you know, oh, turn it half a circle here while pushing the A button three times in a row. And it's like, ah. Oh, just, um, uh, okay, so I'm going to blow your mind. Just wait until you get into a certain known technique called plinking. I, yeah. <laughs> there see, you now, go. <laughs> I don't even know what that yeah, not even going to go into it. Even I can't explain it very well. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll ask you both this, though. Uh, Mike, like, playing on the Nacon uh, joystick, is that a type of controller that you could see yourself using in the future for anything? Not just, you know, Street Fighter, let's say, but just in general? I mean, I could. I mean, I personally don't know, and it probably... I believe there are some that are compatible for the Nintendo Switch to play some kind of games, uh, including like Ultra Street Fighter or some of the older, the other Street Fighter games, uh, probably Mortal Kombat 11 as well, Ultimate on yeah. Switch would probably be, you know, a bit easier to play with that. Um, personally, I mean, I'd probably get it more just for the novelty right of the thing and then maybe using it and, and i say that because it's like for example with mario kart i do have at home the hoary you know pro nice. mario uh mario wheel and to be fair i've only used it a couple of times um because i'm that bad at it i normally just use like the stick i don't use the actual like motion controls to move yeah. uh when racing and the only time I really get it out is when I got like friends around that really want to, you know, give it a go, or if I'm playing too well for them, and I thought, you know, I'd dumb myself down a little bit, yeah, <laughs> give them yeah. half a chance. Because yeah. when I get into Mario Kart, I go really into it, and <laughs> unfortunately, I can go from first to last, last to first, and it can really, really knock people off. And or I can be, you know, first for. The full two and a half mm -hmm. laps, and I get to the, the last stretch, and then all of a sudden, whack, someone hits me with a bloody yeah. red shell, green shell. We've all been there. Um, as for the actual fight stick, I mean, yeah, like I said, um, I would definitely, you know, get it at some point for like a more of a novelty item. Maybe I'll break it out when people are playing. I do have, um, and I've got to try and get this name right now. They're like mini arcade cabinets, and you right. basically put them yeah. together yourself. Yeah. Um, there was like a Street Fighter One, Resident Evil mm -hmm. One, I believe. Um, Asterix and Obelix. They yeah. also got one. I believe it was done by Microids, and it mm -hmm. does have an actual name. I can't remember what the name is. Um, so that would be pretty cool to, you know, like have the Switch set yeah. up in its like mini arcade cabinet with the actual, you know, sticks so that people could give it a go. I think yeah. people might like that. Hmm. I think that would be very cool. Um, <laughs> Pete, what about you? Because you have like. You have a collection of sticks. <laughs> Funnily enough, the arcade stick that I actually had to use was said was... stick that I just bought. Okay, that's what I was and wondering. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. on Friday, uh, my God, my back was shot because I didn't know if I needed to take my stick with me. So I did. 
Uh, took an extra couple of controllers with me as well, just to be sure, and turned out I didn't need them. So the second day, I was carrying a little yeah. bit lighter. Good. <laughs> Which was quite nice. <laughs> well, um, well, since Pete's already reviewed that stick, I guess just go check it out on rapidreviews.com. Uh, .co.uk. Rapidreviews.uk. Well, I can check it out myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it at least comfortable? Uh, I think so. I mean, like, it's the first time I'd, you know, actually, yeah, you know, yeah. using that kind of thing. And then you have to have it. Well, I don't suppose you have to have it sitting on your lap. I suppose it's just the way that we was playing then. Yeah. And everybody else had it on their lap. And it was, you know, simple enough. I mean, you could have it propped up on a on the yeah. desk in front of you and yeah. play. Or if you're standing up and playing, perhaps. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if you can see this, but I think those are it, aren't they? Don't... They're the ones, yes. Yes. So, the, uh, the Microids Arcade Mini. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Had to have a look. But they don't do them anymore. I know, oh. I think they... I mean, you might be able to buy them off the Microid store, perhaps. Probably. They did used to have them in-game, but I don't think they're in circulation anymore. Okay. Right. That's a shame. Well... Very short-lived, unfortunately. Yeah, that's... Yeah. One day, I'm going to build myself an actual cabinet. I want to do the whole thing. So what, like a whole then, old school cabinet retro, like emulation school. device sort of thing? I was going to say, have an emulator in there. You know the little handheld I held up a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. That had all the systems in it and stuff? Do mm -hmm. that, but in an arcade. I'd cabinet. love to do Somebody that. Somebody well. I follow on Twitter actually did that, and now I'm trying to remember their name. I don't know whether it's Metroid Mike. Right, okay. Um, but he did actually make up like an arcade cabinet that his kids play and had like a number of consoles inside it as well. Oh, yeah. So then you oh. can just get the, the controllers out and play it. And I think it has mm -hmm. buttons too. So that's very cool. Yeah. Very nice. Um, well, I, I have uh, another question uh, about the convention. That's of what I'm going to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, the most important question of all. Uh, what was the food like? <laughs> I didn't actually eat anything at the venue, I must admit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was still a bit squiffy from well, yeah. before, so um, I believe a lot of people said the food there was pretty good anyway, I... from what I heard on social media. Okay. I so... heard somebody say it smelled a lot like duck around there as well. There, so where the careers fair was, there was um there was like a place that was doing like duck wraps and stuff like that and the smell of duck going around was very strong. Wow. <laughs> Not that I care because the smell of duck is amazing when it's cooked. Oh, yeah, I know. So, that's one of my favorites. But they um in the press area or round where the it's press so area funny. was, they had like a Moroccan place as well, so you can imagine there was quite a lot of pungent food in there. That's really kind yeah. of cool. I I was expecting I Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, having, it was an enclosed area mm -hmm. where most of the yeah. uh, stalls and stuff were anyway. So, you know, for like the smell of duck going around or being cooked duck or, you know, burgers and that, I suppose it's probably not very no. vegetarian or vegan friendly. Say, no, they that. did have, the, I think the, the Moroccan place did have a lot of vegetarian and vegan options, to be fair, but yeah. Yeah, mm. but. I mean, like, the smells in general, obviously. Yeah. You're in an open area, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, but yeah. Maybe yeah. a vegetarian or a vegan doesn't need to be reminded of the smell of the <laughs> throughout the whole That's, event. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay, I didn't really think about that well, one. But... 
anyway. I mean, for me, it's not a problem, but I can understand that there will yeah. be other people that may yeah. take offence okay. with that. Okay. No, I, I have to agree. I think that it's very difficult in enclosed areas to have, like, mm. food courts and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so um, they did have stuff outside. I don't know if it was directly associated with the venue, so... Yeah. Or they were just, like, these things that are usually there anyway. But they had, like, um... They had, like, a Tibetan, like, place that did, like, load of noodles and stuff like that, which they mm. had a very vegan and vegetarian-friendly focus. Um, mm. They had something else there, and I can't remember what it was, but they also had bratwurst sausage, like, place. Oh, nice. Like, I had that on Friday, and oh my god, it was delicious. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to pause here and say that because, see, in Texas, we have German and Polish sausage. We don't mm. have British sausage, obviously. Yeah. Guys, look, I'm not knocking British food. It has its place. But when it comes to sausage, you can't beat Polish and German. I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest, yeah, kielbasa is absolutely yes, ama- amazing. Is... So, oh, it's so yeah, primo. Not um, like all German. I know is that because when... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. When... Yeah, sorry. All I know is that when my brother Jet went to uh, Gamescom back in mm-hmm. 2019... She's in Germany. He and his friends, they pretty much lived on Currywurst the whole time they were nice. there. So I can totally understand that, you know what I mean? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> of course, we're saying that. Of course, if you're vegetarian or vegan, I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. But, um, I did make sure to support a local vendor anyway. There was a nice little, uh, a, a little one-man uh, coffee shop. Ooh, it, nice. like a, it was like literally mountain on the back of a little van. It was kind of cool. I, I got tea from him in the afternoon on the on the Saturday and before I left got hot chocolate. And it was very nice. It's very good. Um, Support well, your local people. Yes, yeah, actually do do that. Uh, so as far as like, was there like merch stalls or anything like oh, that? Oh yeah, big topic in tension <laughs> here actually. Yeah, th- this is a good talking point to be honest because and- there were Probably two merch stalls, merch stalls with quotation fingers. That and then all. there were other stalls as well that were dedicated more to charities. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I believe there was one for like a sea life charity, I believe. And then there was another one for cats. Uh, which there was cats, yeah. so there was cats protection. There was WWF yeah. and one other. I can't remember what it was. We get a lot of those here at the conventions as well. Mm. Yeah. Which I can totally understand, you know, having them there, you know, supporting right. and stuff like that. Absolutely perfect. Um, but it, as regards to merchandise, there wasn't much. I mean, this year, fortunately there was merchandise for the event. Whereas last year, it didn't come until it was too late. The event had already finished. They were waiting for the distribution. It didn't come. So there wasn't any badges or things to pick up last year. But this year, they did have that. Which was cool. We did. Yes, that is true. We did get lanyards. Uh, Very, very nice. Very cool lanyards, I must admit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they had some pin badges, which I picked up as well. And I believe Devolve had their own stand which had some merch for sale did, yeah and i believe they had some um of the like cult of the land plushes and other stuff as well um but by the time i got there they were pretty much sold out anyway i had like yeah. a couple of badges and that was about it mm. but as for like other vendors you know like for example when you see uh, egx or another 
big events, you know, you do get a lot of uh, merchandise. Even in Comic-Con, there's a lot of video game merchandise. You know, you have your figures, you have your Pokemon cards, Yo-Go cards, Magic the Gathering, um, yeah. anime figures of every kind imaginable, you know. But there wasn't any of that. Now, I know this is more indie-focused, but still, I mean, the fact that they supported, like, local um, street vendors for food and stuff like that, you would have mm -hmm. thought maybe they would have supported some, like, local stores or video game stores or retro yeah. stores or something. It's, it's a good opportunity uh, to go because some people that may visit London may not necessarily know where these places are. So, you know, it would give them a good opportunity to actually see what kind of merchandise they have. And maybe next time they will specifically visit to go to these stores. So, yeah, it feels yeah. like a little bit of a missed opportunity there. Agreed. Um, now, the problem, like the, how they had it last year, and this comes back to the food vendors as well, um, where the, the, the layout of um, the tobacco docks is different. So you have a lot of the sections that are inside. You had this little walkway area that was kind of outside as well so it was a little bit on the strange side mm. so a lot of the food vendors were all out there they weren't you know in main halls where a lot of the smells were sort of getting to people you know they were off away to their own little thing inside the different sections they also had other vendors there like so uh in the board game section they had people that were selling different versions of board games or tabletop games or anything like that uh in the mains uh in the main halls some companies had their own merch they had a merch store there last year but like you said it was not stocked but obviously mm -hmm. in previous years when egx had been there they had like insert a coin there but this like obviously wsd mm -hmm. didn't have that association with them um well, and that was a yeah, they did this year they did i believe their merchandise did come from insert coin because when i was looking yeah, at their store yeah. it did have some insert stuff on there and i believe okay. last year i think a lot of the merchandise that they did have at the their okay. stand what was I, in that coin they didn't have their own enough. what i meant by that is when i've been to egx raised before like one of the years they yes. had an actual insert coin shop there so See that? Hmm. pointing you know yeah true so this year it felt majorly disappointing and there was a lot of empty room that you could probably see was probably meant for merch or for sellers you know the sort of stuff that you would usually get like someone who's selling a load of board games you get someone selling anime art or stuff you know your usual what most people would call your convention tat you know but some people go there specifically for that and i think what the one thing that it was calling out for was a second-hand cart seller. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Hmm. My little. Brain. Oh yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I know they didn't have um They had the London Gaming Market not that long ago. I don't know whether it was held in London. I know it was about a month or so ago. Uh, yeah. Where they get do get a lot of like vendors and they have lots to sell. You know, video game wares and you know stuff like yeah. that. Mag magazines, anime, DVDs, the lot. But it just feels like it was a little bit missing there because, like you said, a lot of people do go to these events and conventions a lot to play these games, but also to meet their friends and also to buy merch that they may not necessarily be able to find elsewhere unless they try to personally buy them online or physically buy them online. Yeah, which is not as fun. Um, plus, you kind of mm. like seeing stuff so you can see it and touch it and, you know, see, oh, it, it is this size, you know, mm. <laughs> type of thing. Um, so, as a merch vendor myself, that's a little disappointing. 
<laughs> like but, we said, there is room for improvement. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, hmm. Uh, but so overall, uh, hmm. we'll start with Mike. Overall, what is your what was your impression? And do you think they're ready to replace E3? <laughs> well, now. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you actually mentioned E3 now because mm -hmm. I do have personal thoughts about E3 as well. Yes, I mean, it's we always been like a, I'm. I'm sure for anybody who is a small or large media content creator, mm -hmm. blogger, you know, YouTuber, or even just a gamer or gaming enthusiast in general, it's always been like the dream to go to E3 and see yes. all this. You know, just 100%. it is the uh, it's the pinnacle of you know gaming events. Unfortunately, it's more geared up towards like publishers and networking. And then it's only like the last few years or whatever, they've been letting the public go yeah. to these events as well. Mm. And the weird thing is, is that it is managed by Reed Pop as well, which does do like PAX East, PAX West and EGX and all that anyway. Yeah. So I feel like it's something that could just be repurposed to keep mm -hmm. the video game event going so that people can still play these games it doesn't have to necessarily have you know the latest news and you know all that kind of thing but you know being able to have playable demos you know giving right. people the medium so they can go out hang out have a great time have fun talk with people that they've met online which is a lot of the reasons why i go to these events anyway um you know likewise like egx uh, i go to events in spain as well you know to meet people meet people like pete uh, and rich and jack and you know other people that would never have had the opportunity otherwise to meet. so it is for me um is it going to replace e3 no e3 did leave a big hole now has it been declining over the last few years yes um did the coronavirus kill e3 in a way most likely yes um do people think that summer game fest now i'll throw that in there as well do they think that summer game fest is going to be the next thing um it's only as good as long as it keeps going and basically it's just like anything that you see stop calling me i said mid that's flow. my partner i will just uh give... yes especially mid flow you know what i mean that's my partner <laughs> i said look darling i'm doing a podcast this evening all right i will call you when i finish <laughs> obviously i haven't finished yet so i haven't uh, pulled her don't so worry I, i've twice. had two i've had two um <laughs> two messages from my fiance who knows that i've been doing this for nearly three years so or nearly four at this point yeah <laughs> but anyway summer games so, yeah. anyway yeah so summer games fest you know it's a video presentation uh with lots of like you know the latest news coming from developers and publishers and stuff like that totally mm -hmm. get it totally understand it nintendo have been doing the nintendo treehouse for yeah. you know aeons um playstation have been doing their uh mm -hmm. state of play ah, i remembered yeah. <laughs> state <laughs> of play i believe xbox have got their own presentation as well i mean i really should open my doors to other video game outlets and stuff like that outlets but you know platforms as well uh just to open up my eyes to the big wide world of video gaming but you know to each their own I, i'm not going to judge people for playing other consoles i just hope they don't judge me you know what i mean you know i never no, judge exactly. a, ga never do. a gamer is a gamer i don't right. it doesn't matter what platform you're playing yep. if you enjoy playing video games in my eyes you're a gamer that's it yeah, yeah i mean uh, so uh, even at the show they were showcasing mobile games as well and some of them were really quite creative <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, that. Um, oh, it's going to mess with me again. Automatoy, I believe it's called. Yes, which is one, uh, on, yeah. yeah, that's uh, a, very, a very very interesting game. Yeah, also it's like a puzzle just, game. Yeah, just to stop you there. Uh, the other game that we were thinking of earlier was Patch Quest. Yes, I was going to say I did look it up a little bit yeah. earlier when the. My camera decided to go, you know, blank. <laughs> uh, that's because I was looking it up, and then I was oh, just okay. waiting for the time to say it. So, yeah, it was yeah. Patch Quest. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Look, we got to shout them out because he was a very nice lad. So, you know. He was a very, very nice lad, and it looks like a very, very interesting game as well. And that is by Goblin Studio, I want to say. I think so, yeah. I like that. I believe, uh, I believe it is. I believe it is. So, do you think. Just based on you know that well, I guess last year and this year, uh, do you think that the that uh, WASD is set to become bigger, something bigger, something you know? It definitely has the potential. I mean, there was a lot of people there when we was there, um, and I went there on a Saturday. I only went there one day because obviously I flew in the day yeah. that, the first yeah. day. I was ill, could not recover quick enough to get there for the full days. Oh um but when i was there there was a lot of people that were interested you know it's not like oh just because it's indie games oh i'm not going to go if there's no playstation if there's no xbox i'm not interested you know what i mean but you know there were a lot of people there uh a lot of people were queuing up to play these games especially indie games as well and having a lot of fun with it um it does have the potential i like to i do like to see video game events you know flourish so that people mm-hmm. have this medium so they can be able to play these games meet up with their friends have a great time um because obviously there's only so many people you can get into a, a room with you and play video games on a tv screen so you know these big events that people can go out have fun uh i'd like to see more cosplayers as well you know people just really really you know just vibing and you know really getting into the energy of these like gaming events um i do see it having the potential to become like the next egx rest which is basically what I think they want to do with it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Does it have more work to get there? Absolutely. But, you know, always trying to stay positive here. They do have the potential. I mean, um, obviously, it depends on where they're going to have it next year and how they're going to distribute things. I mean, everything is a learning curve as well. You know, you try one thing one year. If it doesn't work, maybe try something else. Uh, what does work, use it for the next event as well take the criticisms as positive Mm -hmm. feedback even the negatives is a positive because it allows you to see what your mistakes were and how to you know go further with it it also same as well with like developers and publishers you know it gets the public playing their games they'll spot things that maybe the publisher or the developer never saw before in their own playthrough or you know the quality testers as well when it's like okay i played through this you know it seems fine and then somebody else will come and play a complete you know Mm -hmm. nobody knows who they are you know Johnny the public comes and plays it and then folks oh I'm stuck here um the character seems to be hovering in the air for some reason it's like right. oh that's a new bug I don't know where that came from so it gives the developers and publishers as well a chance to see you know any bugs that may appear or any feedback from their games as well so they can also improve on their games and mm-hmm. also networking as well in between uh content creators and the publishers to you know try and get more awareness of their games as well I mean it's yeah I thoroughly <laughs> It may have been a bit different from last year, but even still, I still enjoyed it. I will be more than happy to go again next year. Will you stop calling me? I will call you in a moment. <laughs> oh, dear. That's three times now. No, uh, if it's right. a full time, I... <laughs> if it comes to a full time, I'm going to phone the police and uh, charge her for harassment. 
Fluffy dog. That one. So funny. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, she works in the courts, you see, so then the even funnier be part is if she has to work her own case. That would be hilarious. I'm sorry, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, kind of, you know, same question over to you. Uh, how did it compare to last year? Is there potential there? Your thoughts on E3 as well? Uh, and Stuff, go for it. Um... <sighs> Look, the news broke obviously about E3. Well, we were actually there. It was a little bit strange you know, covering a convention yeah. whilst probably the largest worldwide convention that everyone knows about has gone down. Yeah. A bit strange. It was been on the cards for a while about E3. Yeah. But oh, yeah. um, I'm going to mirror Mike's sentiments here and say that obviously Reed Pop owning uh, E3, PAX East, PAX West, EGX. Um, it doesn't really help because it doesn't give you a lot of differences between the shows themselves and I felt that was starting to become the case with um, especially during the COVID times when, when I did the, the digital convention of EGX and PAX uh, PAX Australia I think it was and it was it felt strange and it felt like the merging together of those sort of entities and it's you need a bit of a difference between them to make them unique and I think that's where that leads me on to what WASD is probably doing right, which is it's a bit more of a unique show. You know, it's clearly very heavily focused on the indie side, and that's a great thing because, you know, the indie scene has been growing like like exponentially over the last probably 10 years in gaming, you know, since, since we saw games like Braid and that actually break the mainstream. It's like people have got a lot more clamour for the indie focused studios and I think it's a great thing that we have things like EGX Res when it was around and you know now uh, WSD picking up that mantle really showcasing the UK based indie scene and giving them giving them a good platform to like Mike said you know come and show their games experience well, it's not just uh, UK based either uh, no it's it's not but it's giving a lot of also like, European as well yeah, yeah it does give a lot of the the UK based scene a, a a hub to sort of be able to look at that show and go yeah if we can get our game in there to the public then great you know it's the same with the Europeans as well it would be a similar thing like you would have in America with like PAX East and West where they're you know, they have shows on the East Coast and the West Coast where they can highlight that sort of thing. It's great, you know, it helps with that sort of thing. It needs to work uh, work on a couple of little kinks that we've said, you know, to iron out a few more things. I think not having much, uh, a big enough sort of presence in terms of not just their own merch, but a general merch seller, like, would be a lot more helpful. Leaving it solely to a couple of the like, couple of publishers, probably not the greatest thing in the world, because only the big boys are really, uh, in terms of the indies, are going to show up like Devolver did. Um, uh, it's it's great that they've had a little bit of a AAA presence there as well, and part of me would hope that they keep themselves as different as possible. Have a couple of bigger games to try and entice more of the public in but keep it solely focused pretty much on indie you know left field collections all that sort of thing and i think that's pretty where the where the show will probably end up being a little bit more successful um like i said and we didn't actually really talk about this at all did we it was the shows and i was a bit disappointed with the shows this year because some like on the Thursday they were associated with like another gaming convention that was sort of around the time I can't remember what it was called. So attendees for the WASD couldn't really go to them. 
And then the other two, I heard clamorings that you couldn't go in there if you were just a normal convention goer because they were locked off. Or the the type of content they had on there wasn't necessarily great. Like, I think the Saturday we were there, they literally had a day where every, like loads of YouTubers were playing Jackbox. And it was like, okay, okay. cool. But one of the best things about going to EGX Rest, like years and years ago, was just rocking up to the stage and just finding a random talk and being quite captivated by what they were talking about. And I think yeah. they do need to highlight that a little bit more, you know. The career section, whilst it's not everyone's bag, sort of being tubbed away in a corner also didn't really help them as well because there, there is a lot of clamouring for people to want to get jobs in the games industry and you don't necessarily have a great output like in terms of people wanting to come to the show to showcase their games if your career section is not going to highlight those opportunities available to you very well. So maybe having those in the main hall a little bit more might have helped a little bit more. I don't know. Mm. I just so my summary is in the long long and the short of it is that there's a lot of work to be done. It's been a difficult year this year. It's still run mostly without a hitch. You know, nothing got stolen this year from what I heard like last year. So great, fantastic. You know, uh, antisocial behaviour probably wasn't a thing because the vast majority of people were there to have fun, and I don't think that was the case last year as well. So. I would say, you know, so long as most things go off without a hitch, you've had a pretty successful event. I, I would say that the team over over at uh, WASD have got a lot to be proud of because clearly running an event like this is huge work. Like, takes a lot of a lot of work, Absolutely. a lot of logistics, a lot of you know, a lot of long days, long nights, especially over probably over the last week. So I commend them like one hundred percent for obviously putting on. A really well well organized show it's just i do think they need to work on a few more things and it could by next year it could be per, like near perfect if they address the old couple of issues like we've said very good to hear because i'm always looking for new conventions to go to <laughs> yeah you're now coming can... next year whether you like it or not Oh no! Don't make me go look at games, Pete. Oh no! Oh, I mean, how else am I supposed to meet you? (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Look, it's becoming a usual thing now, isn't it? Mike is now no longer friend of the show. He is convention friend, Mike. (laughs) Real life, Mike. Um... (laughs) We're more than just friends now. Yes, this is Rapid Reads After Dark. <laughs> that's something we started a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but, um, no, that's actually very good to hear. Uh, but, Pete, in addition, did you want to share any E3 thoughts uh, or anything? Or I'm, touch on it? I'll be honest, I'm really disappointed that E3's decided to go the way of the dodo, but I've been calling this for weeks now. Like, well, um, years. We've been calling it for years. Literally. Yeah, but specifically on the Discord, when every time Nana would mention something in there, I kept saying E3 is probably now dead. E3 is probably now dead, and I'm not changing that sentiment. I think E3 is gone. Like as much as they're not saying this year, like it's obviously been cancelled. I don't think they can recover from this. Uh, it's what I it's what I mentioned with e, uh, having EGX, having PAX East, PAX West, PAX Australia all owned by Pop as well as E3, there's no variation in the shows anymore. Like, yeah. you need to have something that makes you stand out, and whilst I hate to admit it, 
I think Summer Games Fest is the thing that stands out the most. <laughs> you know you love Jeff Keighley. You know you do. <laughs> no, no I've got no problems with Jeff Keighley. All right, I've you got no problems with what he's trying to do. Uh, Summer Games Fest, obviously, you know, being able to do it as a totally digital medium as well. You know, totally understand that. Totally respect that. Uh, obviously, the problem with e uh, with E3 is because it was mainly for, you know, the publishers for networking. So you're getting big publishers coming from all over the world and the amount of money that they have to spend to actually get to these events and then, you know, broadcast and mm -hmm. present their games to the world and to the masses. I mean, if they were to repurpose it more, like you said, like with like PAX East, PAX West, maybe do something a little bit different with each show, perhaps. So there's something a bit different there so that people will be interested. For example, for those in the US, um, if you know because i'm not exactly sure where pax west is held is that in i think it's in uh los angeles as well that's probably so there you are yeah it's probably California. so obviously yeah but then even still i mean you know like i said before with video game events it gives people a great opportunity to you know hang out have a great time play some games also the, like when you see the Nintendo booth there now, I know a guy that works on these uh, these booths as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Much, I believe his name is. Um, he works for a company that does all like the Zelda and the Pikmin oh. and Mario and all all these big designs and yes. the dioramas and things that you see there. Like the one that was at PAX East mm -hmm. with the Link with his arm. Yes. His company worked on that, and you think oh. this is such incredible stuff. Uh, yeah. And to be able to see that in person, I mean, to be fair, we don't see almost anything like that at EGX. We don't see anything like that uh, in a smaller events around the thing. So, you know, just to be able to go there for like these wonderful sets that the, you know, they make for these games, for these booths, mm. that is an experience in itself as well. Yeah. I went to a museum uh, a couple of months ago, a video game museum set in Malaga, and going past all these you know old consoles these retro consoles the beginning like the commodore 64 the atari uh up to like modern consoles as well and just walking through this history of video games and actually feeling like you know you're a part of it as well it was you know yeah. quite an experience and that is one of the things that you know i love about the like e3 uh and like impacts west and pax east and stuff like that that i've seen obviously not being able to attend these events myself mm. But it's, it's what makes you want to go to these events as well. Of course. To be able yeah. to say, hey, I've seen this. This is amazing. And it's not it's not like an experience you can get anywhere else. Yeah. Right. That's exactly it. Um, I think every gamer that has ever been alive during E3 um, hmm. has thought, that's my goal. I want to go there. Because I know it was my goal. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of our goals. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just want to go one time just to say I've been there, just to say I did it. You know? And I Even though it was never, hardly ever open to the public. Yeah. And that was True. another thing. Now that did. That's cool. Yeah. I'll just go get a job with a big outlet so I could go and cover it. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> uh, we all had that dream, though. No, oh, know. yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. But it, it was exciting. I mean, that was one of the first streamed things wow yeah that was probably one mm -hmm. of the first streaming events i ever watched that had to be like uh, 2009 2010 yep. i think that and, was my uh, first e3 actually was watching 2009 or 2010 and that's mm -hmm. where i started then watching evo regularly every year 
right, there you go. Yeah, and I guess <laughs> mine was like Overwatch wasn't much long after that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Overwatch tournaments. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there is... I yes we we called it but not just us everyone kind of called it that you know first year after covid it was like oh um this is rough. it's not that yeah it's like mm -hmm. oh you know the, all the publishers can do their own thing you know and they did <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and uh it was like oh kind of like what mike said earlier e3 in its current incarnation it's gone it's it, it it's it's it is a dinosaur at this point yeah um mm -hmm. But yeah, if they tweak it and turn it into something else, I think there's they could bring it back as something else. You know. Yeah, I exactly. I think they need to refocus it very mm -hmm. heavily on the one aspect that really worked for E3, and that was getting publishers and developers together to make deals, mm -hmm. like to to get to make it an industry spotlight event, basically, where they could all get together, have thrash out a few meetings with. We all know, you know there were certain games that never would have come into existence had it not been for E3, like Mario and Rabbids. Starlink Battle for Atlas. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> Love it or hate degree, it. Even to a certain degree, Street Fighter Cross Tekken never would have got made had it not been for E3 or PAX. Hmm. So. Good point, it actually. Happens. But, like, hmm. you really can't be, or at least for me, uh, when the audience would just go flipping nuts, all they do is show like a logo, and then the yeah. audience would go crazy. I love that. Well, to be <laughs> fair, most of them were drinking at Bethesda, so. True. Oh, I love. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. It's getting a bit late. Um, and, and of course, we appreciate Mike joining us. Mike, friend of the show, Mike. Yeah, um, I was gonna say we better make sure we wrap it up so his missus doesn't assume him dead. Yes. <laughs> so, uh yeah uh so file a missing person's report on me <laughs> <laughs> it happened over an hour ago but it, i'm over in spain so it might have been at the same time i don't know <laughs> if only i just watched sure. twitch <laughs> he's alive and well i'm sure yeah. Yeah, that way, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point actually <laughs> <laughs> Um, we thank our audience, as always, for joining us, both our listeners and our watchers, which you can join us over at twitch.tv forward slash rapid reviews, um, where we are live usually every Sunday. So far, so good. Um, <laughs> uh, although we do like to tweak the time a bit, and we might be tweaking it in the future, but we'll see about that. Um, mm -hmm. But Mike, uh, where can they find you outside of this lovely Twitch stream? Uh, well, I run the website Mike Nintendo 64. We're a Nintendo-centric uh, website, so we cover all games coming to Nintendo consoles. Be it with the obviously the Nintendo Switch at the moment. We did used to do right for the Wii U and for the 3DS and whatever the successor will be. Um, we're also on YouTube as well on Twitter. Uh, Tumblr we don't use too much, but we are trying to you know venture into other things as well. There was a whole point of you know moving on to other social media like mastodon and the yeah. other one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i ever remembers now I, can't remember yeah them. yeah it's all completely gone and then here we are back at hive i think it was called there that was, was another yeah. one there was mastodon there was god there's kick also which is a twitch kick clip. as well yeah. oh okay yeah 
Yeah, I heard people talking uh, about Kick as a streaming service. I'm like, ooh. So basically, we write news, reviews, uh, features, interviews, and the like. Um, like I said, we also got a YouTube channel where we post a lot of like gameplay videos to accompany our reviews as well. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you may even find us out in the wild at gaming events like WASD, like EGX, like Gamescom, hopefully, in the yeah. near future. <laughs> My personal goal is... Too many games as well. Yeah. In, um, Pennsylvania. Comic Con, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We get around, did you know? <laughs> goodness uh well yes audience go out and find uh mike tendo in the wild because um, <laughs> it's a good quality uh site and i know a lot of our audience are nintendo centric um which is fine with us we're open yeah. to all consoles um Pete, what about you where can they find you uh, you can find me in the usual place, which is on Twitter at Pete Beckett One, so B E C K E W T, and the number one, and well, other discords around the way. You know, if you're on Discord, you can find me mostly lurking in rapid reviews, I'm on the escapism, and a few other spots. But Kylie, what about you? I am circling the drain of Twitter. Oh yeah, <laughs> holding on for dear life. Uh, <laughs> over at Twitter, which is Kali Tigree, K-L-A-Y-T-H-G-R-E-E-T. Um, I just, I just chill over there. <laughs> the next two weeks before my trip, I am in high anxiety. So I'm going to be posting crazy things. Maybe it's about games. Maybe it's about otters. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of videos about otters. <laughs> They're little human hands. I love them so much. I mean, that, they are that... very cute. I must admit. They are indeed. That will post. I mean, your posting of a picture of a weasel earlier was a bit. That was because that was <laughs> I, on our show last I week. know, I know. Yeah, so expect lots of animal pictures yeah. in the next two weeks. They it calm also, me down. It also only took you a week to post up that picture that you said you were going to post right there and then. Hey, at least I remembered it. But... Yeah, that's true, actually. I'll give you that. I will say, though, there is an otter cam, a live otter cam at the Monterey Bay. Um, they're less a zoo and more a like preserve like injured animals and stuff like that. Okay, that's a fun one. It's them swimming around and they play with their little toys and I just could watch them for hours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm over there and then I'm on Instagram, but it's all CrossFit stuff. So that's Kali Yellick if you want to go chill out there. Um, and I think that's gonna do it for the podcast portion. Chill. So. Okay. You can we find links. Sorry, just before we finish, you can find links to all, all, of, all of everything, including Twitter, Instagram, Mike Tendo's website, and and all in the show notes to this, uh, this episode, either on Spotify or YouTube. Yes, please watch it for us, please. Um, <laughs> so we will see you <laughs> and talk to you next week. Bye. Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rapid Reviews Radio podcast. You can find the podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and various other podcast platforms. You can also find the video version by searching Rapid Reviews on YouTube and watch the podcast recording live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rapidreviews at 7.30pm UK time every Sunday. 
Please make sure to follow the, the podcast on Twitter at RRRadioPod. And for all the latest reviews, visit www.rapidreviewsuk.com or on Twitter at RapidReviewsUK. Rapid Reviews UK.